Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. It's it's almost an anticlimax to say that we're actually getting to something we've been advertising now for three weeks. Uh, the, fir- uh, the first couple of weeks, I can't remember exactly why we didn't operate. And of course, last week, um, I was already, and Tuesday Topics was already, but our program got hijacked um, by a celebration of somebody's birthday, which was, of course, quite wonderful. So thank you, everyone. I am very pleased to say that the nuts and bolts of Tuesday topics are fully together, and uh, Larry Gaspin and Rick Morin are both making certain that Tuesday topics is happening, uh, both on uh, our ACB media streams, uh, as as well as allowing uh, those of you who are with us uh, to join us as we uh, try to come to terms with the year 2021 it's a it's an interesting topic and and it is my hope that as we discuss the year over the next couple of hours we will take a look at at a whole range of things to to come up with some final determinations of of what the year was like of course it's been a year that by definition was unusual because it was a year that was spent in various stages of isolation and lockdown of renewed freedom followed by new inhibition of openness followed by closedness, followed by openness, followed by closedness, like like a revolving door through which we are continuously passing as individuals who are operating in uh, the, the United States and truly, I think, around the world. Different countries are operating with different magnitudes of discomfort. Uh, a few days ago, in fact, probably beyond of, of this discussion tonight, China decided to close down a city and essentially uh, made everyone stay at home uh, except for the very few people who were out to make sure that everybody was at home. And they allowed for virtually no shopping and virtually no folks to be out. It's a much tighter lockdown than has been in place in any of our democracies uh, ever. And it's, uh, and it's fascinating and perhaps explains why the number of COVID cases in China per capita is so tiny. So COVID is the only thing that 2021 had in common 
with 2020, or at least it's the only thing I can think of. And it, it, it appeared that, um, 2021 was the first full year that we had to go with, go through that was COVID laden. And so it will be interesting to see as we discuss 2021, how many people will center their discussion on where COVID is taking us. We had a meeting of the next climate change summit in 2021. There were lots of movies that were released sometimes uh, only on screening sources and sometimes in theaters. We had lots of music that was released, some of it recorded during the pandemic at home, some of it recorded in studios. We had uh, a, a large number of books that came out, uh, some good, some bad, some indifferent. We've had several books come out on the pandemic itself, which which have been interesting in 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 my opinion, obviously we're in the middle of things, so some of them it seemed to me were were published a little too soon, but we'll see what other people think. And how has ACB been in twenty twenty one? Have we moved ahead? Are community calls becoming blah? Has uh ACB's leadership gone into hibernation because of COVID, or are, are they actively out there risking all for the species ACB member? Who knows? Lots of difficult questions to answer, and uh, lots of folks who I hope have some opinions on 2021 as a year, one single year in the history of our exciting little globe. So, Mr. Mr. Larry as our official as our official streamer and Mr. Rick, did did you guys have any thoughts on 2021 before we open it up? Well, it's amazing from a radio perspective, actually from a media perspective. Uh and this one this goes back into 2020. I was amazed Usually, the radio and television industry has standards in terms of what they will generally allow on the air. And before the COVID, before the pandemic, you never would have heard anybody talking through Skype recently. Uh, you, we did have occasionally, right. occasionally that happened. But through Zoom, we, we, we saw all kinds of audio quality differences. Uh, I'm sure visually we saw all kinds of visual differences, but that didn't seem to matter because most people realized that there wasn't much we could do about it because since we were all virtual and not all in a studio where the standards could be minimized, uh, that the, that's the way it was. Yeah. And in, in most cases, it didn't thing, matter. Yeah. The interesting thing is if if we measured overall the quality of audio communication – probably with with the with with the takeoff of zoom for for most things that zoom was involved with probably got better um rather than worse yes which which is the other fascinating thing so that it, it in a sense 
Zoom could be used in television studios and for television interviews because the quality of Zoom was as high as it was. And I'm sure in many cases they probably got with the Zoom people and said, We're, we'd like to use you because you're a viable yeah. entity, but we need some things from you in return in terms of maybe better quality and, and, and XYZ uh, and maybe mm-hmm. some tech things that none of us know about to get it to that standard. But And they did, too. Far better than it was, I think, when it started. Yep. And um, Mr. Rick, what was your first thought in 2021? One thing that I don't think you mentioned, Paul, was the vaccines. Ah. And uh, it was kind of interesting. I think, you know, a lot of people started to venture out and, um, you know, began to believe that there was light at the end of this tunnel. Um, I, I, you know, I, for one, we planned a trip to Disney on January 15 that we're now postponing because of the current uh, positivity rates. But, um, uh, it, it, it's interesting. There's certainly a lot of controversy about it. And, uh, you know, there's the, um, the question of whether or not we'll ever get to the point where, you know, we can defeat this thing because of some of the resistance to the vaccinations. And then there are, you know, other people that feel that it'll take care of itself. So, um, you know, I've gotten out a little bit this year, but not a whole yeah. lot. You know, I've been, I've kept myself very, very busy. Um, so, but, you know, throughout all of 2020, I had not taken a single Uber trip. And which is, which is incredible. Um, I probably, well, I took a bunch this summer because I was going to and from Perkins during the whole convention thing. Right. And, uh, you know, that was all. You know, we felt that that was a reasonable thing to do, given given that we were all vaccinated at the time. So, yeah, and, and it's fascinating. I, I I think you're correct, um, both of you, in that I, I think we 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 have done this dance, the the uh, the, the all of us um, with with freedom, where 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 we felt that that. There was a time this year where where freedom was happening. Um, there was a time, for example, when when baseball had full admissions, and and the the NFL season and the college football season this year has essentially had full admissions. And I'm I'm not sure I quite understand how that's managed to operate. No, and they keep um, operating. They're not stopping. Yeah. They're not closing. No. Yeah, it was interesting. What was it the Jacksonville game where two thirds of the players yeah. were were you know out? You know? Yep, yep. And you know they got <clears throat> they got shellacked by the Patriots. Yeah. But yeah, well, you know, ja- ja- Jacksonville had has more than COVID. Absolutely, <laughs> that, that's a bad ball club, unfortunately, and it isn't getting any better. <laughs> I had another concern, and and I I don't know if we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, and it's. I think my level of trust in everything, the government, the information we hear, has has gone way down. Um, I, mm-hmm. I try and get my information from a variety of sources because I don't want to believe in just one. I'd like to examine online and, and look at 
all kinds of things that are being thrown at me. And my level of trust in terms of what I actually believe anymore is is dwindling because I don't know what to believe anymore. Because things right. that they say, our government says, here it is, folks, this is the way it is. And then we, recently we're hearing of some backpedaling that maybe some of the things that were originally thought to be true before aren't. And I don't quite know what to do with that except to not trust, and I don't like that feeling. And and is it – this is, I guess, the other, the, the other trouble um, for a lot of us. We, we recognize that one of the larger industries in this country is, effect, is effectively the psychologists and psychiatrists who are working in the field of public manipulation for the government. And, and so are we being fed a bill of goods um, or are we, we being fed the truth in such a way that it will become more palatable? It's an extremely difficult issue. But I have heard recently a number of interviews with um, with folks who work in these in, in in these positions for the White House who talk about precisely the tools that they used in order to and uh, in quotation marks sell the truth, um, and uh, it's wow. it's very scary, very uh, because it it is uh, it is frightening to me that my government believes that I am so gullible and so manipulable um, that uh, it, it can essentially make me think what it wants me to think by the way it presents me with information. And, and that's making the assumption that the information it's presenting me with is in fact true, which uh, is in itself interesting. Mr. Rick, I think we have some hands raised. Yeah, we do. We got Deanna Noriega. Ah, let us see how things are in the Midwest. Miss Deanna. Hi. Um, well, there is one thing that's cultural for me, and that's family and community. And so for me, I don't think things have changed a lot. I had to start, you know, step down from being involved on the national and state level as much with ACB or MCB because of being a caregiver for my husband starting in 2016 is when I retired to take care of him. And yet when I felt cut off, I missed you guys. <laughs> I missed yep. Um And you were the ones that I depend on. On one of the answers. So I'm not a technical person, and yet I made the effort to become a Zoom host because mm-hmm. I needed that connection. Um, I needed to have friends I could vent to, sometimes cry, um, sometimes just listen and hear your voices. And yeah. um, so for me, it hasn't changed a lot, except that instead of just um, my mother being one of ten Native American children, um, you know, and then my eight siblings, you know, the eight of us that are connected either by blood or by marriage or, you know, multiple family connections, um, mm-hmm. and all of their children and their grandchildren, I have 
other people all over the country that I feel very close to and that I feel I can call up in a moment of happy because my computer is doing something weird. My phone is doing something weird. Um, yep. I just need somebody to talk to because I'm upset about something. And of course, it forces me out of my shy corner where I could easily retreat to because I love to read and I love to do handicrafts. And I'm a quiet person by nature, but I'm also a passionate person. So ACB drew me in starting in 1980 when I was a young mother living in a small town, doing volunteer work, taking care of three, raising three kids, um, and said, hey, you write. How about helping us? And that was Kim Charlson who put me to work for the stylist and got me involved. And then I was in the the group that first started the guide dog users group in Oregon because guide dogs are important to me. My children were important. I got involved in 4-H as a supportive parent and ended up with half a dozen kids at my house every year at fair. So I am shy, but I'm also a person that believes that um, kind of like the Lily Tomlin quote that goes, I always thought somebody ought to do something about that. And then I realized I was somebody. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm the somebody you can you can ask to do things, and I have a hard time saying no. <laughs> and I'm the somebody that will put herself in the hospital rather than let people down if I can. <laughs> you know, so I have to be careful what I commit to these days because at 73, my strength isn't just what it used to be. Right. But you know. I'm shy about my work that I write, but I've freely given it to the forum and, you know, wherever it was useful for no money. And, you know, I brought out my very first book that's all mine this year, um, this you, past have, year. Have you found that the, that the stress of COVID has gotten worse or have you gotten used to it? I think I'm still struggling. Um, I still use all the things that uh, have always carried me through crisis. Um, yeah. I'm a survivor. Um, after I've had my cry and, <laughs> and said, okay, now, what can you do to fix it? You know, what steps can you take to improve your situation? And, you know, even if I have to start up with small things, that's what I do. And... I still use those same techniques that took me from being um, an army brat and a res kid to college that took mm-hmm. me to decide that I needed to serve my government, even though I couldn't go into the military like many Native Americans do, and spent two and a half years in the Peace Corps dragging who had a job and I didn't, but he's that kind of guy. So when I signed mm-hmm. up and they called me and said, well, would you like to go to the Arab Republic of Yemen or Western Samoa? I said, huh, camels, 120 degree heat, wearing a veil, beaches, palm trees, <laughs> <laughs> and picked Samoa and spent not just yep. two years, but an additional six months turning my project over to a new set of volunteers before leaving, adopting one of my students. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I guess I think of myself as, as like a worker bee in the background. I don't like to lead. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're the only one that sees the problem or wants to make a change, you do. And that's what ACB does um, for me. Yep. It, yep. it makes me see that I have gifts that I can share and makes me do it even though I'm shy. So, Miss Deanna, sometime later in the year, we're going to get you to come on and talk about your book and talk about your life so that all of us can have a clearer notion of, uh, of all the things you've been involved in and also uh, of, of what it's like to be a blind person who's also Native American. So look, I hope you'll look forward to eventually becoming a feature on Tuesday Talk. <laughs> I would do anything for you, Paul, but that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, thank you. You know, but, you know, when I told my story at your birthday, thing it really was because i was totally exhausted and it made me laugh and have the energy to go on to the next conference exactly (laughs) because um you know only i thought i was the only crazy one that would sing to a tired guide dog to make it walk (laughs) exactly (laughs) you helped me sing to my dog as we walked across the sky bridge i did i remember Miss Deanna, thank you so much for your call. Stick around and 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 poke your poke your thoughts in as it seems appropriate as the evening wears on. Alrighty. Thank you, dear. Mr. Rick. Yeah, we uh, have Anicio. Mr. Good Correa. Good evening. How are you, Paul? I'm well. And uh, I talked to a, a mutual friend of ours, Anicio, who's going to come on to Tuesday topics soon. Uh, I did. Um, I talked with um, uh, a a gentleman who is uh, who is now living in New York and is ambassador to the United Nations. Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad you were able to. uh, Yeah, I just saw him last week. He was actually down here in Florida and we we all got together. uh, He told me. In Orlando. Yeah, Yeah. that's very very exciting. Um, Yeah. So. How, how are you, sir? Happy New Year. Um, very good. Happy New Year to you and everyone else. But I wanted to, I didn't hear your initial introduction, so I don't know if you mentioned this, but to me, when when it all matters, you know, years from now and you look back history and you, you think back of 2021, I don't think the pandemic will be at the top of the list, but it will be all the incidents around the January 6th, which apparently... Yep. Two days from now, because I think that not only what happened, but what that engendered, and the, the, all the all the new policies that are designed seem to me to to get rid of the the guide rails that that really saved us, saved democracy that day. They may not be there next time this this happens, and and the other thing that it has ha- has done, I think, is what Larry was referring to that the, the, it has created this ambiguity and this, this lack of belief and trust in anything um, that um, is really dangerous, I think for this democracy. And um, so I, I think that's, that's to me, that's what has sticks out from, from 2021 because it keeps going on. It keeps, 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't end. Well, it has not ended anyway. I mean, I just heard today, I think it's two thirds of, I believe it's two thirds of, of Republicans believe that in fact, the election was rigged. I mean, it's two thirds and 62% of the overall population believes that them, our democracy is in jeopardy. I mean, that's, those are huge numbers. And, and, and they're and they're scary figures, and and the question is, how do you fix it? Right. Um, right. And 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 I'm I'm, you know, we we can do a lot on Tuesday topics, but that's not what I think we can fix. <laughs> no, no, but that that's what comes to mind for me. So yeah. Um, um, do, do you think that? Um, do you think that the that the polarization? is going to continue to grow or do you think there's something we can do to, to, to arrest it? What do you think? I think it's going to continue until, uh, until we, I mean, I think the only way that is going to diminish, I think is, is if finally, well, I mean, I'm going to show my colors, but you know, it's got to be, we have to get to a point where, other Republicans besides Liz Cheney and uh, and uh, the other gentleman whose, whose name escapes me, um, the other congressman, uh, when they are the only two Republicans apparently that are that are willing to um, to um, to be honest and and tell the truth, you know, and the the more we cajole those that 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 nourish and and continue those lies i mean i i don't think we i don't think that uh, we are so polarized that half of that population no matter what we say they're gonna go with whatever they say if if i can you know. right so so you know what but you know the other the other thing that i find so distressing i you know i've been listening to a lot of um news from Europe and through the BBC and yep. certainly from Portugal. And it, it, what's so sad to me is that you're seeing a lot of these same polarization somewhere else. The, these, these ultra conservative right wing, you know, this whole anti-vax movement that we see in this country where, or, or the, the, the resistance to wearing masks. You actually seeing that, I mean, places like Germany, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, it's a minority, obviously, um, as, as, as I hope it is here too, uh, but they're very vocal and uh, very dangerous. It is, um, it's scary to me that what seemed to be a minor irritant at the beginning of 2021 was the degree to which people were openly confrontational within families or within mm-hmm. local communities. But in the last year, it seems to me, we've gone from being kind of mildly irritated to being on, on uh, chargers as knights supporting our position within our communities. And so families and communities at the local level, uh, as well as uh, the, 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 the fracture of our parties at the national level, seem to be the order of the day now. And, it, and, and I think you're right. I think it's getting worse and not better. And, yeah. and that's scary because I'm yeah. not sure 
where in the long run it will end up. So, so for Anisio, 2021 is the year the fracture began or, or showed its first major signs and continued to get worse. Right. Yeah. You, you said it much more succinctly than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Anisio, thank you so much for your call. Stick around. Welcome. I will. Yep. Mr. Rick? Yeah, phone number ending in 707, please. Yes, hi, I'm Jason. Jason Ian. Hi, Jason. And, uh, and I want to share uh, one good thing I like about 21 is uh, we got the new app now, Clubhouse. No. That's a, that's a really good point, and thank you for something positive. Tell, tell, yeah. tell folks who may know nothing, Jason, what Clubhouse is. Yeah, Clubhouse is a free app. It's like Zoom, but it's even easier. You you can talk to people. You 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 have to be invited by people, and you can choose whatever kind of group you want on it too. Like if you want to, like I signed up with Freedom Scientific groups and other blind groups on it. You you can search for whatever kind of groups you want, and you'll get invited. It's right, and, and the, the the interaction is all in audio. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, audio. Yeah, it's not like Facebook where you see each other. Just li- listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are, yeah. and I understand there are like a gazillion, gazillion rooms and, and virtually any subject you want to talk about in the whole world. Yeah, you just write down what you're looking for. And, and yes. So um, it, uh, it, it's a, is, it, is it actually an app that you have to download, Jason? Or Yes. Uh, if you want to look for groups or if you want to be invited. Yes, you need to download the app. And it's free. Excellent. There's no charge. No Excellent. Charge. Excellent. Um, and I understand that, that, um, that, that blind people are actually spending quite a lot of time and that there are actually some ACB-run um, rooms there. So as the year yeah. goes on, we'll probably do some more exploration of Clubhouse. But it's good, Jason. Thank you. Um, for raising something that that has been really positive about 2021, have you have you found yourself spending quite a lot of time there? Yes, I get uh, I get invites every day. Um, That's yep. pretty exciting. Anything anything else you've noticed about 2021? 2021, uh, well, just lots of job. Well, the bad thing is that transportation is being cut. You know, because lots of like. Flights are canceled, and lots of buses are canceling. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. What 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 part of the country are you from, Jason? I'm right now in Florida. Nice. Um, yeah. Which 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 part? Pensacola. Nice. Go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I I just moved here last year. I was in Omaha, Nebraska before, but now I'm in Florida. I'm originally from California, Orange County, originally. Excellent. A Southern California person. Jason, thank you so much for your call and for talking about Clubhouse. I think that is really exciting. Are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. Go ahead, Tony. Tony, go ahead. No, it's not Tony. It's um, yeah, it was Tony. He, he he muted himself. Let's see, uh, Lino Morales. Yeah. Hello there, Paul Edwards. There's this Tony. is DJ on Tony's phone. 
There you go. <laughs> there you and, go. <laughs> and uh, thanks for taking my call here. I think that the one thing that I've taken out of 2021 is the uh, uh, the the fact that this COVID experience has, to me, uh, drawn me even more closer to the ACB community than I have ever been. Mm-hmm. Being a member of a local uh, chapter member and affiliate of the state, as well as being a proud member of ACB, what it has done is when we weren't able to go live to the convention, we were able to meet over Zoom, which Zoom in the beginning, and I can remember this very much, seemed to be a pain in the butt to start getting with. But once you got the hang of it, it still has its hiccups. But being able to meet virtually as we have, it has given us a sense of more belonging, or should I say a closer belonging. And so the people that I probably would have never met in person, now that I've met uh, virtually or through Zoom, has been a greater asset to me. So that's what I've taken out of 2021 and have carried it on into 2022. Excellent. Um, so, CJ, you live in in Jacksonville, Florida, which is a which is an a, an area where there's been a good deal of controversy over over how much control the government ought to exert with regard to COVID. Um, have Have you found that there's been much argument in in your community over over you know should um, should everybody be required to vaccinate that kind of stuff? I do. It's uh, it's DJ is in uh, uh, Delta. Uh, Got DJ. it. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have. Um, especially here in this community uh, where uh, there was even an incident that happened today when the governor uh, was slated to do a press conference and uh, uh Persons that came into the situation found themselves being handcuffed and taken out. There has been a consensus of uh, vaccinate, uh, what is it, to vaccinate or to be vaccinated or, you know, uh, to be or not to be. Uh, And, uh, you know, the, the bottom line at the end of the day, for me personally, this is just me talking. And the bottom line is, at the end of the day, we are in a situation now that uh, it's here. And we have to find a way to learn to live with it in uh, in the realm of, within the realm of safety and precaution and what have you, because I'm noticing that in spite of all of the numbers going up, in spite of all of the, uh, in, in athletics and uh, sports, the games being canceled because of not enough 
teammates to be on the team because everybody's under uh, the CDC uh, protocol, health and safety protocol. Uh, The bottom line is, at the end of the day, we as a people have to find some kind of common ground. And I don't know what that common ground is uh, just yet. Uh, We have to find some kind of common ground that says it's here. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Hopefully we can be rid of it, but it's here. And now we have to find a way to learn to live with it. But there is much in the way of controversy here in the Duval County area. Yep, there sure is. DJ, thank you so much for your call. I Thank guess you so much, can, Paul. Guess Pleasure. what we can summarize you as saying is that uh, is that uh, we have not yet done a good job of defining what the new normal is going to look like, but we've all kind of come to the conclusion that uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, at least at this point, doesn't show any signs of going away. You have hit the nail right on the proverbial head. Yes. Thank you, DJ. Appreciate it, and I'll and I will learn your name, (laughs) (laughs) Mister Rick. (laughs) Yeah, someone with the initials TP. Can't imagine who that would be, and I'm sure it's not not toilet paper. (laughs) That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) I was was thinking Deanna talking about you know the uh, being a Native American, you know. We have a TP here with us. Well, as long as you weren't describing a liquid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why did I call in here? <laughs> oh goodness! I have about three minutes because I need to get on another, another. I'm hosting another call tonight, um, or I would say. A whole lot longer because I think this is interesting. But I think as far as 2021 is concerned, we far too often forget just where we stood one year ago today. And where we were is in a lot worse place than where we are today. Today's no price package. Certainly my BFF having COVID right now is... Um, a real wake-up call. Yep. Um, but a year ago today, we were still Lysoling bags that we had delivered to the house. We were still... The biggest thing, though, is that we did not have a vaccine at all at that time. Mm-hmm. We did not have a vaccine. We... It, we were in the same position people were back with um, the with polio, and people had the both the self preservation. In this situation, what we're missing is not only the self preservation, but so many people just not caring about other people, what they could transmit to other people, and I think that that's where. A lot of what's going on with with what you were mentioning earlier about the government. What's the government doing that's anything any any more wrong than what the misinformation that's going out on this? 
this that uh, congresswoman there, Green. Oh, um, yeah. That kind of thing. The, that's what's keeping us. That's what's destroying a basic part of our humanity and a basic part of our social fabric, I think, is that people right now are putting their politics ahead of their human decency. I mean, I know a per- I know a woman, for instance, two different situations. Frank Frank was talking to someone the other day, asked her if, and just asked her how she was doing. She says, "We can't talk about it. I'm a Republican." <laughs> you know, it was frightening. Like, yeah, it is. It's very <clears throat> frightening. One that's more frightening is the woman that I, the neighbor of ours at home, who convinced her parents that this vaccine was no good. She got the COVID, gave it to her parents, and her father died from it. And she's not feeling guilty about that. What is wrong with our heads when that happens? That's scary, it's, isn't it? It really is. It truly, truly is. And that's where we need to be. We we need to come up with a way of, I don't know, going back to the 60s and everybody love one another or something. Um, it's It's... It's just crazy that we're, people are not taking, if we want to, if we want to have, I've always maintained for every right that you have, you have to have a responsibility. And if we're not going to take the responsibility for the potential of passing something like this on to someone else, then we have no business expecting the right to, to not do it. That's my soapbox for tonight, and I really have to go. (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. Let me ask you one quick question. Do you have Do you have any suggestions for the best book, best movie, or best uh, best something or other that you've come across this year that that you'd like to share with others? Actually, the one that I really did like, and it it is kind of political, but I really did like. um, I just read. Hillary Rodden Clinton and Louise Penny have joined forces and have just released a book, and it's available on Bard called "State of Terror." And I think it's 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 an interesting book. Yep, Louise Penny is a uh, I I guess she is Canadian uh, a Canadian I think so yeah I'm mystery sure writer um, who who writes about Inspector Gamache. And he is, uh, he does briefly appear in this book, <laughs> and um, and uh, of course Hillary Rodham Clinton is a former Secretary of State presidential candidate um, who is following in her husband's footsteps. Um, he published two thrillers, and now she is coming out with her first one. So um, it's 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 a it's a it's a new kind of literature. Um, and, and and I guess the question is what what do celebrities bring to book writing uh, that ordinary writers don't? What do you think, Terry? I'm not sure that that they necessarily bring a whole lot more than ordinary writers do. I think it's when you put them like Hillary Clinton. Um, of course, she wrote that book years ago about the what is it? A village? It takes a village. Yeah, um, that kind of thing. That was one thing, but especially for writing a novel like Bill Clinton did with the other one with was who was it? James Patterson. James Patterson. President's yeah. Medicine. Right. Um, like that. That kind of. That's a whole different t- 
type of a genre. And I think this is a different type of genre. And so I think the key is that he worked with James Madison on that. Uh, James, not James Madison. Patterson. Yep. Patterson. And she worked with Louise Penny, who is an outstanding writer to begin with. Right. And I really, really do have to go because I have to go do this other call. But I would much rather stay here and chat with you folks. But have a great Bye. night. I think Bye, you've got Terry. some good people making some good comments. Yep. And with come that, back, I say come back if you can. I will Bye, if Terry. I try. Bye-bye. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Rick. We thought we'd never get rid of her, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love Terry. We really do. Uh, Melody, please. Melody. Melody, hello. hello. <laughs> Hi. I, the idea of being alive during two of the most significant events in history. I turned 16 the day before 9-11. And to have to be alive during the worst pandemic that we know of. Yeah. It's pretty scary. That was my fault. Melody, if you could unmute yourself, I accidentally muted you. Oh God! Okay, there we go. Yep. Thank you. Survived bacterial pneumonia right through New Year's and ICU, and then to have survived COVID a few months later and been left refused care, EMS walked out the door, not stop voiceover, not checking to see that I didn't have a guardian or a POA on my controlling emotionally abusive father's command. I'm still held captive. And this has happened to me in the past. I've been left, refused medical and psychiatric care countless times. I can't prove it. And then to give COVID to my mom and that whole idea of giving it to someone before I had the option to get the vaccine and to have my medical and psychiatric conditions just increased 10 trillion fold and to be experiencing these long haul symptoms and not be able to type in the hunting and pecking I'm doing. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've been typing since I was nine to be incoherent and sounding like I'm going on half the time and to be not be able to braille an exclamation point. It's like, what, what am I doing at 36? This can't happen to me. And mm-hmm. it's, I have no care team now. And it's, I never knew that 2101 and 34, those two resolutions would impact me so directly. And to be a rare, congenitally blind person with a psychotic disorder, dissociative trauma, all this and that, OCD, and to hear, oh, you're a hypertension, your migraines, and, and what you're experiencing are in your head. They'll list my conditions, or they'll say, just get a COVID test. And they're not understanding that these are the residual effects, and I'm not, you know, sick now. It's just so. The idea of what happened here and not being able to prove what I'm saying. And on top of this, the understanding of how people with disabilities have simply been left in the dust as far as COVID and where does the ADA apply here and what, how are we going to get assistance shopping? How are we going to, you know, the whole transportation being left if you don't have a mask and the ADA, you know, social distancing has to become null and void in certain situations, especially if we are independent or even caring for someone else. And we can't go on the doctor with the loved one if we're caring for them or if they're caring for us. And it's it's tough to have to combat this with a family of origin who has zero comprehension and continues to use the cold hearted indifference they always have. And 
after 11, 12 attempts of my life, it's, it's, I pretty much stopped eating and it's, but the positive aspect is the fact that I survived it, found ACB, found so many people who helped me understand. And the one who got me here heard my oxygen cannula, heard me survive all these and is, we're having such a tough time of it yet again. And it's, you know, people pull back and isolate because they can't handle the situation and just the whole irony of history and the events and the way they quit. Yeah. Melody, we appreciate your sharing as much as you have. Thank you very much. Do you think that, um, do you think that the, the, the treatment of people with disabilities is getting worse with COVID or getting better? I, I've only noticed that certain, certain stores, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the chain, but certain stores, if they get to know a particular person, then they say, come on in, you know, we know you, but then it's tough for the next person or certain, right. the psychiatric facilities, for instance, they'll, they'll right. mark that we're asleep and we have to lay there. And I have to say, I'm not always asleep. Don't say my name because you're going to scare me, but my eyes are closed. They can't hold them open and they're not there. The next person, if they were to use the facility, and I know someone who says, I'm going to use you, I'm going to drop your name, so do it, use me, they'll have to do this, and HIPAA is hurting us. And especially now because of COVID, we can't speak for each other, we can't care for each other. A lot of right. staff don't understand the conditions that they work for, and they're not factoring in something like visual impairment or how we're treated when it should be, and they are when it should not. And now with COVID, the medical care, is people are not getting treatment for conditions that are treatable, and mental health care I think we've even become more at the bottom of the barrel and leftovers and getting the leftover beds and that, you know, our backs right. get to hurt. And it's not something that even ACB would generally think of and it's not intentional. And this is, this is, this is essentially because COVID has taken so much of our medical attention, Melody. It, yes. And the fact that we're not supposed to have physical contact with each other. We're supposed to wait for a staff. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to help each other. We're not supposed to sit together. And we all know the science behind physical contact and touch and how a lot of us preemies survive and we can't rock the babies, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. a 51 time blood platelet plasma now convalescent donor and I shouldn't be doing it. Lost over a hundred pounds. And I, all I want to do is use this to save lives and to yeah. add on to that, the LGBTQ aspect and how services for us and to have these disabilities on top of it. It's in that 36, I'm supposed to be in my prime. You know, and it's either thought that I need a higher level of care that I do not, or I need none at all. And it's that either you can or you can't. And that, that happy yeah. medium is tough. Well, we think you're in your prime, Miss Melody. Oh, thank you. I think you are too. <laughs> I appreciate that someone of your status would take the time for me. And I would love to read your bio. Well, that, that, if, if I ever write it, I'll send you a copy, Miss <laughs> Melody, but I'm sort of scared to write it. Um, I, I'm, probably too old and too ugly to write down uh, my oh, no. stuff but i know what you're talking about in terms of mental health i uh, i went through a period oh uh 10 or 12 years ago where where um i i was absolutely convinced that there were little machines that were in the process of rebuilding my mouth and there was nobody who was going to convince me that wasn't true <laughs> Oh yeah, yep. and, um, and so I mean, it, it's it's absolutely scary um, you know, because uh, because there's just there's just no question that until and unless you can you can suddenly persuade yourself that things are getting better, um, 
the reality that you sometimes operate in is just not the same one that other people are using at the moment. It's not. <laughs> and when you're used to it, when you have early onset, when you're hearing things and smelling yep. things and believing when you're from yep. the time you're two or three and you think, well, everyone is, or I'm supposed to, I'm supposed yep. to be like this and you're 19 and figure out, well, no. So, <laughs> Well, Miss Melody, hang in there. And and continue to continue to call us and tell us how you are. Um, there are a bunch of us, a bunch of us who care about you, and there are a bunch of us who would like to make it better for you if we can. Same here. Yeah, <laughs> we love you, Miss Melody, and we'll talk to you soon, Mister Rick. Yes, Paul Diane, please. Hey, Miss Miss Galsey, I think. Yes, it, that's that's correct, Paul. Um, how are you, Mr. Edwards? Good. I am and, well. Um, and Paul and is good, Miss Diane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the thing that gets to me is that we had a bunch of people, you know, when the anniversary of it is coming up, who were willing, perfectly willing to um, to try to to destroy our government um, if you know if if for no other reason that you know than destroying one of the you know one of our one of our government buildings and you know it was all over um, over things that many people in many courts have said were um, you know misinformation and lies, you know, that we're being told. And I don't know, I, I can't help this, um, you know, going into politics. I know that we're normally not supposed to go into politics on our calls, but um, it just amazed me that people who were born here that had opportunity. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're um, good. Um, people that had um, the opportunities that, that these people had and, um, you know, I don't know that they were particularly needy or anything. I think, I think they just, you know, were out to cause trouble. And, um, I, you know, I was really sorry, but I am grateful that they didn't succeed in overthrowing our government, you know, if that's what they were trying to do. So I, I guess one of the questions that, that, that have haunted me is there, there were an awful lot of people who were involved, um, who were involved in, in the, in the raid, uh, on Congress and, uh, virtually all of the people who were involved in that raid, uh, didn't perceive themselves as, uh, criminals who were who were attacking our way of life they regarded themselves as patriots who were who were saving the country from a cabal of uh, sadistic rich people who were in the process of uh, of attempting to take over uh, and, huh. and that's scary for me because I mean, there are two different notions of the reality of the sixth of January, twenty twenty one. One, which is a, which is the one that 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 
uh, many operate with is is the one that you describe, but the one that I describe is is where sixty two percent of Republicans are, according to Anisio, and I think he's right. Um, there are a huge number of Republicans who believe that the election was stolen and that the sixth of January was a result or, or was an attempt to, to right what was an unforgivable wrong that that uh, a small number of nasty people connived to take the election away from um, uh, from from the person who won it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, it it is a it's a sign I think of the of the polarization that we operate with. But if you if you ask most of the folks who were engaged in 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 the January sixth activity, they would they would tell you that they didn't see themselves as hooligans or or property wreckers. So there's certainly lots of evidence that they were both. Yes, um, they they perceived themselves as as patriots Heroes. and fighters for liberty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a it's, shame, you know, that yeah. that's just that's just really sad in my opinion. How have um how have you found coping with COVID this year, um, Miss Diane? Has it gotten easier or harder? Um well we you know, as far as we are concerned, we've we've been um quite fortunate from the beginning <clears throat> because we've we have people in the family, you know, who have been willing at the beginning, they were willing to go shopping for us. And eventually then we started, you know, going shopping ourselves. And, you know, we've always had uh, access to medical care and transportation to get it, you know, because we have a lot of family and friends. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, 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 and and it has stayed away from us. We both got vaccinated as soon as we could. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we got our boosters as soon as as soon as that you know was allowed, pretty much. So um, you know, it's been pretty good. Now we we have had some people in our family, though recently, who have tested positive. I would say that until quite recently, probably the end of November around Thanksgiving, I hadn't known of anyone in our family to have tested positive. And then we did have a couple of people. And uh, fortunately, they, you know, weren't real sick with it. And, um, you know, they're over it. They've, they've since mm-hmm. tested negative and all of that. So we, we've actually been rather fortunate here, I think. Um, but I, I, do, I do feel bad, though, you know, for the people. I, I feel bad for the children who aren't able to get vaccinated right now. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, I feel I feel bad for um, the people. You know, everyone who has lost people uh, from it, and it's just such an awful. This is just such an awful, awful pandemic, and it doesn't seem to show any signs of going away. It just right. keeps mutating, mutating, <laughs> and more people are you know catching it, and and like here in Michigan, it's. The number of new cases is just staggering. The you know the burden that it's putting on the uh, hospitals and everything. So, I I I, <laughs> I hope it'll go away soon. I wish it would, but I I don't know if it will. 
Diane, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. And um, and stick around. If, if, if you want to jump in later, feel free to do it. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. I will. Rick? Thank you very much. Yeah, Lino Morales, please. If you want to unmute yourself. There we go. Hey, Paul. A good, uh, good conversation tonight. Thank you. Yeah, first of all, I'll get into the light stuff. Then we'll do the serious because I like light stuff because I, I'm... I'm not that a uh, serious person. I can be, but I need to be. But I think the lighter side is the best way to start this off. But anyway, um, I think you posed a question on, on the email, a book. Unfortunately, I have to admit, uh, no, I have not read it all. However, it did come out last year. Um, if any of you are huge Dodger fans, uh, like I am, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I ought to know. Uh, Tim Neverett, former uh, Pittsburgh Pirate uh Play-by-play announcer now uh, is part of the Dodger team. The last three years, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote a book called uh, "Curveball," COVID curveball rather. It was uh, his views, and he wrote down like a diary type form of what happened as a broadcaster last year in 2020. Now, uh, two years ago now, of how they w- were able to broadcast all those games with all the cardboard cutouts and the fake fan noise and all that at uh, Dodger Stadium and all the other. Uh, National League in Ale venues that they had the broadcast from, and uh, what I've read is very, very fascinating. I won't, I won't give away, give it away, so because uh, I think you should go buy it on Audible or Amazon or buy it in uh, ebook form if you'd wish. But you know, I think that was a great uh, book, good read uh, for anybody mm-hmm. who's a baseball fan in general, or even if you're a Dodger fan. Um, and it's and it's so far not available on on Bard. Is that right? No, it's just exclusively on Audible. I, I hope that maybe Bard will get the rights for the Audible copyright and all that mess, whatever they have to do, because I know they have a lot of books already there does, um, from there. Does so, he yeah. read it on Audible? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Nice. He hell of a job at it, too. <laughs> yeah, he is, he, is a, he is a very good announcer. Yeah, he um, is. Tim Neverett is. Tim yep. Neverett, very good, very good. One of, my, one of my favorites the last few years. So are, are we going to play baseball in uh, 2022? As far as I know. You think? Yeah, yeah. You I think? hope they get their contract mess sorted out. If not, well, we won't play, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I think they're pretty predict that we will. Yeah, that, I, I hope you're right. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen any signs of um, anybody jumping up and down to talk to each other, so it's a little scary. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's true. I mean, weird things happen in the off season, which we're in the middle of now. So anything could happen, as they say. Yep. All right. So. Tell me some more things about 2021. We'll, we'll certainly take your book into account. I, yeah. I'll certainly try to read it. Yeah, let me tell you, as far as music is concerned, mm-hmm. I think having a subscribing to a, a streaming service like uh, my wife and I do, like uh, Spotify, that's what we use, uh-huh. is a great way, in my opinion, to go down into 20,000 different rabbit holes because there's so many independent artists out there that radio is not going to ever touch sadly there sure are yeah there's so many who have grabbed my attention over the past several months really Mm -hmm. all year that i deem great i think good maybe a few thousand people you know if they keep pushing the envelope and say hey he or she is good uh maybe you can award them a work a record contract or something Mm -hmm. but if they don't hey fine they're great in my mind you know yeah (laughs) are are there are there some folks who you discovered in 2021 who you would like to draw our attention to? Uh, I know I'm going to mispronounce her last name. 
Her name is Andrea or Andrea Chahade. Chahade. I think she's got a sister named Juliana with the same last name. They're both uh-huh. independent artists. Uh, her sister, Andrea, she's pretty new. She's got a few singles out. And there's a girl out there. Oh, crud. Her name is going to escape my mind right now. Uh-huh. Uh, Emily something. I, ca- I can't remember. That. I have to look at it. Uh, but she, Emily Rode, R-O-D-E. That's what it was. She's very uh-huh. good. But there's several, there's several how would you just dis- what kind of music would you describe them as having more like uh like alternative pop basically uh-huh. or maybe a little bit on the rock side uh, a lot of these are yeah very good very yeah. good i'm i'm kind of on the folk side and and um yeah i love folk one too. of the fa- one of the fascinating things for me about as you say spotify i don't have spotify i have uh, yeah. i have uh, apple music and amazon mm-hmm. But um, one of the fascinating things uh, is is that is that you can get on there and watch um, artists develop, and and yes. as you say, you can climb down a, an, an immense number of rabbit holes. I've, for the last several days, been listening to a lot of the new folk artists from from Canada, yeah, and um, and from the UK. Um, Two in the UK, one female and one male. There's a guy called John Smith, not exactly an uncommon name, um, <laughs> no. but uh, he's a very interesting folk singer. Writes some very good lyrics, and there is a lady who I think you might really like, who is somewhere between pop and folk. Her name is Thea Gilmore. T h e a g i l m o r e. Okay, I'll look. Her so up. you might check check those two out. Okay. See what you think. Awesome. Uh, Anything on movies and TV, sir? Uh, nothing, unfortunately, grabbed me as far as movies or television as far as the, in this past year, 2021. Uh-huh. Uh, but as far as, you know, uh, who was it, Deanna? I was talking about earlier yep. about community. But I, I, I want to take a different angle. Uh, yep. This year for me, it was fellowship with my fellow brothers and sisters, uh, Christian brothers and sisters with uh, my own church. I think that having them around a whole heck of a lot really in the last two years has really done me good aside from reading my bible each and every day which i've been doing mm-hmm. for, it'll be 10 years in september this coming september but my mom my mother-in-law rather my mom too but my mother-in-law in particular she's been very very ill she's had to have close to eight to nine uh hip surgeries and oh dear. let me tell you these people uh, have been there supporting, praying for her, uh, no matter, regardless of whatever the situation she happens, that health-wise happens to present itself. So, you know, having them around has really done me good. But my main goal is, for at least from here on out, for the rest of my life, is not to be so encapsulated, if you will, in my bubble to come and, you know, be out in the community wherever I happen to go, whether it's shopping or whatever other business I'm doing, to let people know that, you know, hey, there's, uh, there's a better better way than it is to jesus christ and and that's yeah. where you know i stand where i you know like i said i want to step out of that bubble and, and i want to make make a better man of it of this year and bear be a, a better husband to my wife so you know that that is so excellent yeah thank you and i'm glad and i am glad you have you you have found a way to feel more included and involved in uh, in salvation that's excellent sir right and finally i guess i could round it off by saying that I did join the national organization uh, in October and the state organization, North Carolina Council of the Blind. And one of the things I want to do, at least for, uh, on a personal level, is grow uh, the latter organization 
uh, on top of uh, the former because um, I noticed right away there's a lot of older folk and nothing wrong with that of course a lot of older folk within the NCCB and yep. you know I'm, I'm middle aged you know I, I still consider myself young but you know there's a lot to do and we can get a whole heck of a lot accomplished but we need to draw in more people from the 16 to 35 40 range to yep. help spear the spearhead and forge ahead in the organization if it's going to continue continue to be uh, the go-to source for blind people in North Carolina to get to get advocacy work done and committees and chairs that sort of thing etc going on yeah one of the last um, state conventions that I attended was one in North Carolina so it must have been just before you joined I think yeah but yeah, uh, so they did it all virtual this this past year but yeah but yeah. still you know it, it needs to grow it there needs there's a lot of work to be done yeah that's excellent thank you very much sir yep, appreciate your thank call you. yes sir yep mr Rick no more hands up at, at the moment, Paul. Uh, folks, uh, wide open if you want to uh, raise your hand and, and talk about this topic. Um, Alt-Y is how you raise your hand on the PC, star 9 on the telephone. And if you've got an iPhone app or an Android app, there should be a raised hand button at the bottom of the app. So I am by no means a a, uh, a movie buff, and, and I guess... A, uh, maybe maybe this will spark something, um, and uh, and 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 I have uh, since I moved to Jacksonville, so it's been really for 2021 have cut the cord. So uh, I'm using a variety of streaming services um, and uh, a, a small antenna uh, for for local channels. Um, so again, and, and TV, um, my experience of 2021 is very different than my experience of of um of tv had been um in in years previous because i haven't been as involved before <clears throat> with streaming services as i have been this year and therefore i hadn't had as much experience with uh, things like binge watching as i have this year um and it's a it's it's a it's a fascinating new activity for me. Um, obviously, for, for a lot of us, um, for a lot of us, going to um, going to the movies wasn't something that we generally did. Um, but uh, I did go to a couple of movies this year, and and something happened that I that I would not have expected. Um, I think the best movie I saw this year was the latest Spider-Man movie. <laughs> and I never thought I would say that. Um, because for me, generally, those are just kind of superhero movies. But this slot, this last one that I saw had much more of a plot. The acting was much better. There was a, there, there seemed to be a little more logic to the way things turned out. And um, I can't even tell you what the name of it was, but it's uh, it's the latest Spider-Man, the third one in a trilogy that that I think all have home in the title somewhere. Um, so that that they're fascinating. Um, two series, three series that that uh, that that I've enjoyed um, this year. Um, there is. Um, there, there is a television series called The Witcher that now has two seasons. You can tell I'm into fantasy, and there is a there is a um, a 
uh, a program that that is now two seasons old and that will probably finish in the third season, which is a, a wonderful production done in the UK called His Dark Materials. Um, it was the books were originally written for kids, um, but they are. Um, really nice series, and both The Witcher and his Dark Materials are available with uh, with captioning uh, and with uh, audio description. So um, I would encourage people to try those series out and that movie out. And I think we had someone raise their hand, Mr. Rick. Yeah, we did. Phone number ending in two oh nine or two one nine. If you could, there you go. Eight two one nine. Yep. This is Peter Heidi. Hey, Peter. Um, I I would the uh, 2021 I think um, gave us a much greater awareness of our global community. Um, and never that that in years past I've had uh, friends say that um, we're, we don't really fully appreciate the fact that we live in a global economy. But that uh, the 2021, I think, really proved how how uh, interconnected we are as a um, as a globe, uh, as a global community, um, and and um, and how what we do in one place in the world affects everyone else around right. the world. Um, I think that um, the one of the problems that I've seen is. Um, as amazing as I see our vaccination system being is how um, scarce the vaccines are are being made available in third world countries and uh, the consequences. The Omicron virus uh, is a good example of of, um, we may not have uh, needed to experience this if we've been more caring about uh, third world countries and uh, the issues of getting vaccines to those people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, Peter, uh, how has how do you think? And 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 I, I don't know how directly involved you are at this point, but how much do you think that the pandemic has impacted the ability of? Uh, of folks like yourself to minister to congregations or to interact with uh, members of your church? Um, it's been really challenging that uh, trying to uh, communicate that that the, the thing that holds us together is not politics, but um, mm-hmm. concern for uh, the human condition in general. Um, that you know, I'm part of I'm part of the Christian tradition, and so you know that we talk a lot about what does it mean to be one in the body of Christ and be Republican and Democrat at the same time. Um, that's uh, it's it's been very challenging, um, especially with um, uh, the the, uh, the the age group that I find to be most challenging is uh, the 40 to 55 year old age group. Uh, older people have a greater sense of having had to pull together during the Depression um, and through polio and some of the other things that we've gone through in the past. But the, the uh, sort of that 30 to 45-year-old age group 
that they've they've bought the the uh, program, and it doesn't matter which side of the argument that they've bought into, that they are much more um, vehement in their positions and less concerned. I think that that uh, we the church has not done a really good job of um, communicating that the church does not exist for itself, but it, ex- it, it exists for the world, and therefore things like vaccines, that we don't do it to necessarily save ourselves, but to protect the people around us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's been a really challenging mes- message to get out. I bet that's right. So you feel that your congregations themselves are pretty polarized, Peter? Um, yeah. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, within, within the professional ministry, um, we tend to be more on the liberal side of social issues in general. And, um, right. and that congregations tend to be more conservative. And so that there's, yeah. there's an ideological... Yeah. Um, barrier that has to be broken down if we're ever going to be able to communicate this oneness that we're trying to achieve. Peter, thank you very much. Anything else about 2021 that you want to point out before we move to to our next person? Oh, no, there's tons of things, but move on to the next person. <laughs> Stick around, Peter, and jump in later if you'd like. Mr. Peter Heidi from Wisconsin. Mr. Rick. Holly, please. Holly, if you want to unmute yourself. Hey, Holly. I always thought that lovely name. Oops. Oops, you're almost there. Yeah. If you could go ahead and try it again, Holly, because I I hit the button once you there you go. Can you hear me? We can. Oh, good. Oh. This is so interesting, but it's so sad to me. I, I, you know, life is what we make it and we can go around and we can be miserable or we can go around and be good um, and, and not be good, but be happy <laughs> and find the best in things. Um, yes. my, my philosophy is life is a gift, so we need to enjoy our present. And, nice. Um, I think, I mean, I, I worry about I do not worry about COVID. There's nothing I can do personally about COVID except for do what they tell me to do. But I, I would now if one of my family got COVID, I would be crazy with worry. But what, when you look at the whole thing, it's, it's too big for just me to worry about it. What good is it going to do really? Um, Yeah. And um, what was, is this, am I answering the right question? Am I answering the question? You're, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to raise some questions with you in a second, but go ahead. Um, and I think that um, we, 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 we have an obligation to make our part of the world better than it yeah. was when you got up in the morning. So if everybody just worries about their own little part, the world may be marginally better. Uh-huh. So you say you don't worry about COVID uh, very much. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in the very much there. Uh, does, does that mean that, but I, but I think that means that, that you're still going to uh, 
um, listen to what they tell you to do in terms of masks and distancing and that kind of thing, right? Oh, absolutely. And I have to stri- I have to straighten somebody out. Somebody earlier tonight said that COVID was the worst, is the worst in um, pandemic we have ever had in the United States. I suggest that they go look in Bard and look up the Spanish flu. It will be very enlightening to them. It was a terrible, terror In Philadelphia, for example, on one day in October, that 10,000 people died. That's yep. one with four zeros to the right of it. That's just unbelievable to me. It, it is. Um, the, the scary thing is that that was the second major wave of the Spanish flu um, in the United States. And, um, and, and it was far worse. And I guess one of the things that, that occurs to me, Holly, and, and I, I suspect you'd agree with me, is that, uh, is, is that as we get successive waves of this thing, uh, people seem to think that it's going to get easier. I'm not sure of that. I, I think that it's perfectly possible that the next variant that comes along will be much harder to deal with and will be much more severe. So I hate to say it, but I've been thinking the same thing. But, you know, I have a very strong faith in God, and I figure God will help me to go through all this stuff if I need. I yep. mean, I, I, I pray to him every day, and yep. if it's my time to go, I'm satisfied i'm six almost 65 and i just love these people who say people who the old people who are 40 to 65 yeah. i'm not old baby yeah i gotcha <laughs> and i i am um, i i'm i'm a lot older than that miss holly <laughs> yeah what is your name i should know i'm sorry i'm paul edwards holly oh you're paul edwards okay I am. yes I am, yes. and and I will be. Uh, I was just seventy six. So, oh, you're serious? That's yeah. just unbelievable to me. No, 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 no. That that that's a dirty, rotten lie. You sound a lot younger than that. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. The checks in the mail, Miss Holly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what other questions did you have for me? So, I uh, tell me. Tell me about uh, have you have you read any really good books in twenty twenty one? Oh my gosh! Any good yes, movies? I have read. A lot of good books. I read um, 28 Summers by Ellen Hildebrand and then The Sixth Wedding. It's the second book in the series. It's, nice. a, it's a wonderful book about a couple who <clears throat> go back every year to, lay, to a place on Martha's Vineyard and they have a uh, wild, passionate weekend and then they never nice. speak to each other for the rest of the year. But, <laughs> Good movies. I thought um, Nomadland when we saw that at the convention that just blew me away. I thought that I thought that was a good movie, and I read the book, and the book was okay, but the movie was better. One of the few uh, times I yeah. can say that the movie was better. Yeah, and it, it's a it, it's interesting to see a movie focus on a population that has been ignored by the rest of society forever. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I, I never thought about this. My, my mother-in-law and father-in-law for a while were kind of sort of in that population, but not really. Mm-hmm. They, tra- they, they had a lazy days and they traveled around a lot and stuff, but they mm-hmm. didn't work on those jobs and stuff. Yep. Miss Holly, thank you so much for your call. We it's appreciate a pleasure it. to talk to you. I, I was afraid I'd never get on because I, <laughs> I was here and then I went, ran out and ate my dinner because I have to do a call at six o'clock. So thank you for taking me. Uh, We're glad you're here. Thanks, Holly. 
Have a blessed day. Thank you. Mr. Rick. Green, please. Debbie, you're unmuted. Okay, good. Um, I uh, one of the things that really hap- that uh, really became apparent through twenty and twenty one was how much we are made for relationship. Uh, even though we were told to quarantine and isolate, and uh, it's just incredible. We found ways to connect. Uh, and that's that's how God made us. And this zooming, the community calls here with uh, ACB is a, is, a, is absolutely evidence of that. One of the things that happened at my church um, with our seniors group is we decided that we were not okay with not being connected. And so I I learned how to do conference calls. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the group could not Zoom. And so every Saturday, um, we had too many to get on one conference call. But every Saturday, we had two different conference calls. Um, I would check with everybody the day before and see which was going to work for them. And so we we got on the call together, six or eight of us, and just go around the room, as it were, and share what's going on, uh, pray with each other. Uh, make sure everybody had their needs met, do what we could. And we did that until church opened back up again. And and we we realized that we were probably more connected and knew more about each other uh, through the pandemic <laughs> than than we had before. Uh, just just because we we're made for relationship and and we will find a way to connect. And I, I'm so appreciative of what ACB is doing in that regard. Right. So do Do you think that we that we actually learned through the pandemic to be kinder to each other, Deb? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely. We're more sensitive. Um, yeah. You know, it's. Um, you know, I'm I'm fully vaxxed and boosted, and but I have not. Um, I share a strong faith in God as well, and I'm not worried, but I'm also very sensitive to other folks. Um, like someone said, you know, I, I, I keep a mask in my pocket all the time, and if I they want me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask, and um, I'll, I'll do what I feel is right for me, but I certainly respect what others feel is right for them as well. So, I think so. Yep. How about... How about books or movies or TV series that you've run across in 2021, Ms. Deb? Yes. Uh, here's, here's a book series, Paul, based on what you said earlier that I think you would like. It's uh, Dragon, Wings, Wings of Fire um, uh-huh. by Sutherland. It's a, yep. it's a, I'm reading yep. it uh, along with my um, um, elementary school grandson. Huh? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm loving it. It's Dragons. Um, yeah. And I'm on. I'm. I'm just getting ready to start uh, book number thirteen, and uh, then four fifteen is coming out in 2022. It's. It's. But it's. It's got such amazing uh, parallels to modern day. Um, yes. Even in terms of government, um, it's with and accepting each other, being tolerant of each other's gifts and differences, and working mm-hmm. together. It, it's got some great. Great lessons, right? And one of the one of the cool things is that is is that the, the heroes of this whole series are a bunch of um, baby dragons who are growing yes. up 
at the same time as they're having to assume special responsibilities. And yeah. usually in, in fantasy books, there's like one hero. But mm. in, in, in this series of books, there are several heroes who bring different qualities to solving the problems that, that the dragon world needs to solve in order to survive. Uh, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, um, of children's books and young adult books. So, no, me too. Uh, so, so, so I'm with you. So thank you very much for that recommendation. Sure. So I can't remember what her first name is. It's something Tui Sutherland, but I don't remember Tui? her first name. Yeah. Tui, Tui yep. is her first name. T-U-I. Yep. Tui, yep. And I think the middle initial T, Sutherland. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But, I'd love um, to know more about her. I don't know much about her, but um, she's got a great perspective. She has um she has she has read a couple of the the um the the, the stuff at the end of the books. Oh yeah, that's um, true. Okay. So so we've actually gotten a chance to hear her voice a little bit, but Okay, um, that's right. Yep. Yep. And, and they're all available in Bard, so we're They okay. are. Yeah. They are. Cool. Thank, Thank you so call. much for your Thank call. You. Sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rick. No one else at the moment, Paul. Oh, that's for, raise that's your hands and we're, you'll be on in a sec. Ah, we have one now. Oh, we sure do. Here we go. <laughs> Area, uh, phone number ending in 974, please. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Suspense. Star six, I believe will do it for you. Okay, I had trouble unmuting, plus I had to get to a quieter location. <laughs> My name is Teresa from Little Rock. Hi, Teresa. I think you know, I think you know I, me from Lua and BRL. I do, Miss Teresa. Thank you. And you were, I was supposed to have written something for the Braille memorandum once because I didn't want to stick around for a, a business meeting when the convention was in St. Louis. <laughs> Well, Mr. Anyway, Mr. Ralph Smitherman would appreciate you're still doing it, Ms. Teresa. <laughs> okay. I'll have to find something for the spring issue. Um, the one I thought about would have been more appropriate for the fall and winter issue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Favorite book? I read, um, I've, I've been doing the, uh, the book club every other Monday that they, um, what's his, Casey Detmer does. Yeah, and um, last night we discussed the summer, what's just called Summer of '69. It's by Ellen Hildebrand, and I haven't completed it, but it's a it's sounding to be a good book. Looking like it's going to be a good book. You're the you're the second person who's mentioned books by her. I have not read any of her books, so um, that's interesting. So so thank you for that. Yeah. Uh huh. Let's um, see. Um, I didn't go out to the movies um, last year, but um, my husband has Prime, and so believe it or not, we've been streaming um, a lot of um, catching up on all the Little House in the Prairie episodes. From you know, we started back at the beginning, and we're now uh-huh. up to where um, Mary and Laura are both married, um, and they um, and they've also adopted. Two other children in their home. Well, three really counting Albert, um, Cassandra, and James. So How cool is that? <clears throat> and these are, yeah. um, are they're not any prescribed. Of them all? No. 
No, they're not, but no. um, I do ask what's going on. I think I also, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I think that um, a long time ago, going back to the time of Little House on the Prairie, uh, there was enough dialogue that you generally could keep up. Yes. I'm not a fan of all these. Um, I never liked Power Rangers when my sons would watch them when they were that when they were little. It was right. too, you know, fast paced and I couldn't follow it. Um, mm-hmm. And let's but um, I'm, I heard you say you like children's books. Um, I do, too. I it's do. Just kind of a it's kind of a light take. It's a takeaway from everything that's so heavy and stressful in um, today's world. And I figure sometimes we could all learn a few tips from some of the, from some of the uh, um, messages in the kids' books. And exact, and actually, um, if Holly's still listening, yesterday I was thinking about Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. And if I were to share a testimony at a church, I would say um, how to um, think of the uh, witch who um, has this tempting house with all these sweets mm-hmm. and candies? And yep. think of her as as Satan, because mm-hmm. he promises, you know, he promises these glamorous things and lures us, you know, with things that we want, you know. But you know, and yep. all in all, we find out we're trapped. But here, Hansel and Hansel and Gretel figured it out. He did. Do you have? Yeah, um, he did. Do you have any any COVID issues for 2021? How did you feel about that, um, Ms. Teresa? Well, my niece, who is a doctor, okay, I work in a VA hospital. Uh-huh. I'm a receptionist, and I have to keep wear my mask every day. While some people um, I know around me rebel at having been being told to wear masks, I figured it's a safety it's a safety reason, and I'll do it. I mean. It's it's uh-huh. unnecessary. It's a necessary inconvenience. I wish you know we didn't have to, but but we do. Um, my sister said she had COVID. Her husband and um, girls did. Fortunately, none of them had to be hospitalized. Um, and now my I have an older niece, and she is a doctor, and I know she's been on the front lines. I'm surprised she didn't get COVID sooner, but she has it. But I think she's. Um, um, Resting at home, and That's the sister that has the two daughters mm-hmm. in 2020, when it first started, she was a teacher's aide, and of course the schools were closed. But she helped to deliver meals, you know, for the kids whose um, school, you know, the lunch at huh. the school was probably their only one meal a day they got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, one of her daughters was supposed to have performed in strings ensemble at Carnegie Hall, but unfortunately that got canceled. And I know that was disappointing. I mean, not every day people get invited to play in Carnegie Hall. It sure is not. That's, that's pretty amazing. Congratulations. That's exciting. Um, yeah. So um, have you found that, that um, COVID has cramped your style much, Ms. Teresa, or not? Well, Yes and no. I mean, I know um, sometimes uh, things are limited, um, but I, I guess I've just trying been trying to deal with it best I can. Mister mm-hmm. Riss, thank you for your call. Okay, thank you. We appreciate it, Mister Rick. Do we have a hand? No, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, there was a Debbie Green who was th- thinking about talking to us. You know, yeah, she, she, she did. She, she did. 
Debbie. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was that was that Debbie. Okay. Was Very that? good. Yep. 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 Oh. Yeah, All saw, right. I saw that Debbie Kendrick was here earlier, but she's not here now. We must have frightened her away. Meryl, so, Meryl Schechter is here. Uh huh. She's usually. Uh, yeah. Meryl, I just allowed you to talk if you want to. Uh, if you want to say anything, put her. Put somebody on the spot. Oh, Zelda is here too. Ooh. Zelda new webinar. Zelda. Agent button. Original. Hi there. The mic enter full screen mute comma audio settings raise and leave comma alt meeting and original select the microphone enter full screen mute comma turn oh okay I'm here I, I um hi um Greg hi Paul everybody um well 2021 um for me I think it was just a sense of community feeling with ACB and right just being on all these calls and getting to meet so many new people. And I got so much out of the leadership calls, you know, and your call. And plus, um, also, um, I guess, um, planning our first uh, virtual state convention, too. I love doing that in, in Maryland. And Rick, you know, I know you'll be a part of that in 2022. And um, the convention committee chair also, um being the vice chair of the International Relations Committee. And, you know, so I'm having a, a, a busy year, plus being the vice president of the state, and we're doing our Constitution and Bylaws Committee, you know, preparing our, um, revising our Constitution. We got that done, and so we're going to, um, the board is going to approve it. We're going to approve it Thursday, and then the membership will approve it. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. When's the convention going to be, Mary? Oh, it's going to be um, February 25th and 26th. Nice. Yeah, thank you. So I hope um, you got you can attend. Yeah, I will. I will do my best. Okay, to, great to, to be there. Thank you, thank Meryl. You for everything you do, and I also attended the um, Braille Revival League thing for New York. You know the affiliate that uh, thing. You sure I did. Right. Yep. I'm originally from New York. <laughs> yep. so thank you. Mm-hmm. Meryl, thank you so much for your call. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 2021 was, uh, was, was an interesting year because um, there, there were so many conflicting things that were operating. Should movies be released in theaters? when nobody could get to them or when very few people were going, when, when the capacity of theaters was generally well under a hundred percent or would movie companies gain more by releasing movies uh, on streaming platforms. And uh, when they released movies on streaming platforms, were they actually whether intentionally or unintentionally, signing the death warrant for uh, local movie theaters. Uh, it was one of the questions that operated for 2021, and I'm not sure. It's, uh, it's, it's a question we have the answer to at this point. Uh, it's, it's sort of like community calls in ACB. Once you open the bottle... Or once you open Pandora's box, can you really close it again? 
or are folks who are paying for streaming services going to essentially say, now that streaming is possible for movies, we think you ought to do it at the same time as you're releasing stuff with theaters, even though we may have to pay a little more um, to watch that particular movie. Technology and movies have also made a huge change in 2021 uh, in that it is now possible for people uh, to watch the same movie at the same time, even if you're in different parts of the country. And I suppose that we wouldn't be we wouldn't be being um, reasonable if we didn't recognize that 2021 was another huge year uh, in the evolution of audio description. Um, we later in the year saw the arrival of Peacock, but earlier in the year, uh, courtesy of work that was done by ACB, uh, HBO, and uh, HBO Max, uh, suddenly began to offer a significant quantity of, of audio description. And what's intriguing about HBO and HBO Max is unlike a lot of the uh, audio description streamers from the past, they haven't made a commitment just to do uh, audio description for new projects, but in fact have gone back and done audio description for a lot of the materials that uh, were available in the past. Um, so uh, shows like The Sopranos and Game of Thrones um, are, are now available with audio description, which is pretty, which is pretty amazing um, because it means that we are suddenly getting uh, a much larger um, range of materials that are available for audio description than we've had before and and are actually able to go back in history uh, and and watch series that other people had watched and that we might have watched without audio description but now can watch them and and uh, and get the full impact of uh, of the series so so that was another development that was kind of interesting at least to me in 2021 I think um Music in in 2021 has been interesting because I I suspect that if we did a measurement, though I don't know this, so I make I could be wrong. If we did a measurement, we'd find that the amount of new music that was released was probably substantially lower than it sometimes has been in past years. Uh, because of COVID and difficulties in terms of production and that kind of thing, um, I don't know if in 2022 we'll, we, we will we will see a huge uptake in the number of uh, new albums that will actually emerge. We'll have to see. In the areas that I'm interested in, I would say that the number of new releases was well under half of 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 the levels that I would have expected pre COVID. Um so it it will be interesting to see if that actually changes as we get into New Year's. Um some of the music that's been issued in, in my area has been directly COVID related. Some of that stuff is really interesting um to to, to listen to the way that um people who are uh singer songwriters are responding 
um, to the pandemic has really been interesting. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the material has not been hopeful and uplifting, which is what uh, many people would expect the music to have been. Um, instead, it, it's it's been kind of we're stuck in a box and very depressed, and um, will we ever get past this stuff? So that's been interesting. Um, you guys are making me talk to myself. It would no, be a good thing. We, we've got somebody <laughs> call the uh, phone number ending in seven six eight. Ah, yeah. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is Shirley. Hi, Miss Roberts. How are you? Well, I'm okay. How about you, Mister Edwards? I am well, Since thank you, Miss Shirley. Formal, you know. Let's just say it all the way across. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, you sound great. It is just so good to, uh, you know, have you back on here. And, Thank you. Um, you know, you sound wonderful. Um, I, I guess I'll tackle a couple issues. You know, you were asking about um, whether people thought COVID was, was tougher now or tougher a year ago or something yeah. like that. I don't want to mess up your your words or it's about right. your point. Um, in, it, it's more discouraging now. I don't know if it's necessarily tougher, I guess, in a way it is. It's a little more discouraging because, um, you know, I, I really thought, and I know some of my other friends did, that, you know, once we got the vaccines and everything, we were going to be, at least on our way um, to some kind of a recovery and some kind of a normal life. And I think we walked around without masks for a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, then everything just kind of regressed and we went backwards. And I'm down here in Florida right now. And, oh, my goodness, the numbers down here are horrible. I mean, they are. See the 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 daily numbers. They're not good in Ohio, which is where I'm from, but mm-hmm. they're absolutely horrible here. And I am not um, thrilled with some of the um, things. You know, some of the laws that have been passed in this state, which is another issue altogether. But I don't think a, a couple of those things are necessarily helping us um and just all in all you know i i just feel like you kind of get to the point where you feel like this thing is just never going to end and it's probably not i don't think it's ever going to go completely away but i guess i had hoped like i said that we could get back to some kind of a normal life and now everything you know so many events that have been planned are being canceled again. And I think what frustrates me is that I, I, I really feel like a certain amount of this um, could have been prevented. Uh, you know, we have, unfortunately, people in this country who are um, pretty stubborn and don't want to do what it takes to you know, try not only to help themselves out, but right. other people as well. So that hasn't made it very easy either. Um, and, and by that, you're you're talking about people who are not getting vaccine, for instance? Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. 
That's exactly what I'm talking about. And I know some of them. I'm sure we all do. Yep. Um, as far as things this year, uh, one of the neat things for me, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure is not a, a biggie in the world as it is, but uh, as my husband was saying, he sort of encouraged me to, to call in on this because you wanted to know about movies or TV or whatever. I was, you know, I'm, I'm real excited with audio description mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that Hallmark had to add audio description this year um, really made, especially some of the holiday movies and things like that, that they show a whole lot more fun, even some that we had seen before, you know, that we got to watch again with description. And, you know, you got to look at the fact that they only had to do so many hours of description and they went way beyond that, um, you know, to, to put all these movies out. They've done like all the golden girls shows and they've done a ton of the movies. The majority of the movies they show now have audio description. So, um, that's been just a real fun experience. As Actually, it's, it's movie. I'm sorry. It's one of the things that that we really do actually need to be thankful for because right. there is nothing, and 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 let me say it again, nothing underlined in bold with quotation marks around it, nothing that requires streaming services to do audio description, um, and and there's nothing that requires cable channels like Hallmark. Um, to do it uh, unless they're a part of the five yeah they are um, though they are one of the leading channels have to do it so they're there this year but they had been doing audio description for the last two or three years on some of their Not stuff. hallmark they didn't yeah. they didn't start it until they actually had to do it this summer well i, I thought they had i i because there are some series that were shown on hallmark that had audio description which is where i'm coming from Okay. Well, their regular shows and movies right. and things, um, yep. they they didn't have it on until they were required to do it. Interesting. So Interesting. That's so, just been absolutely um I, st- I stand corrected then. Yep. yep. Uh, now, we, we haven't been in a movie theater since COVID began, and I can't mm-hmm. imagine doing that right now. I just don't... I, I, to me, I can't imagine it being enjoyable to sit in a movie theater, you know, for two or three hours masked and watch a movie. So I guess that's one thing we've we've given up. Now I heard you say you've been to a movie. And I went to one this one this year. Um okay. and it it was um it was um under attended as as most movies are, and it was in one right. of the theaters that had <clears throat> not just ordinary movie seats, but the the recliner seats. Oh yeah, so those that, are fun. So that um, so that you're you're already a pretty far distance away from anybody else, and there's a lot of kind of built in social distancing, right? Um, in the theaters, um, and I I I I don't think I probably would have gone to movies if it wasn't for having kind of grandchildren who wanted to go. Oh, okay. Um, and it was it was something that that one could do as a family. Um well, so I don't that blame was you. fun. Yeah. Right. But um I, otherwise I probably wouldn't go. Um 
but right. but for me, audio description and and um, and streaming services have been um, have been great fun this year. Oh yeah, yeah. and and the service you know that um, ACB provides here with all the phone calls and yep. and um, you know just all that stuff. The community calls I think is is tremendous and they've I'm made a huge difference especially yep. sure for people i cannot imagine um you know being totally by yourself at a time like this and that's got to be a tremendous help for people who don't have anybody um you know to share their time with especially at the beginning of this where when people weren't even hardly allowed to leave their homes or you know anything like that that, that would be a tough situation to be it, in. It is so easy to get depressed, and if you don't have contact with other people, uh, I think it becomes it becomes very easy to just let things slip and say the heck with it. Yep. Yeah, it would be for me. I need people. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I really need that kind of contact badly, and yep. I would. I I just uh, I'm not sure I'd I'd mentally make it if I didn't have other people around yeah. in some form. Yeah. So. Mich- Miss Shirley, thank you so much for your call. Well, thank you. And and I will say, Paul, I mean, it's certainly yep. one comment I, I should go back and say, you know, right. uh, there certainly could have been something, you know, that you saw on Hallmark. They might have had something occasional that I'm not aware right. of. But right. I know on any kind of a regular basis, um, you know, they were not doing any kind of description until the mandate started like, well, they started, I think a week or two earlier than they actually had to. But anyway, it's been uh, really, really pleasant to have that available. Excellent. So, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for what you do. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And thank you, Rick as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. Do we have any more hands? Mr. Rick? No, we don't. Ah, Every time we play that, somebody's hand pops up. But yeah, oh, let's hope. Not, at uh, not so far. Not at the moment. So let's talk about a. Ah, there's one. <laughs> Number ending in nine seven four. Yeah, nine seven four. You can. Um, there you go. This is Teresa, and I did already talk, and I apologize if I'm, I don't want to oh. steal the show. Away from Go ahead. But, um, Go ahead. I was glad. Yeah. One thing that, um, despite the pandemic, I think we had an awesome uh, virtual convention in 2021. We proved, yes, we all proved that we could vote. We did in, prove in that. Years, yes. In years past, if I were not able to uh, attend the convention, I was just kind of like on the outside listening in, but now I could be a participant as was everyone else. That's another of those boxes that got opened that we'll probably never be yes, able to close did. again, Miss Teresa. No. no. Yeah. I think and, you're you know, right. Let's say if it's, you know, whether it's financial reasons or family reasons or health or whatever, I know now that I'll be able to um, um, participate in the voting the business in right and and, to come. and and certainly we'll have a fair proportion of the programs that that take place um at the acb convention available uh via streaming um yes. whether whether you'll have the full flavor is another question and again 
you know, we're we're in such a strange place where COVID is that one wonders whether uh, whether um, people are going to come out in droves to a to a convention when the number of cases of COVID are as high as they are if they stay this high. Yes, I'm so. glad the um, convention, um, the auction, I mean, will be before the convention. Um, <laughs> there you go. Because um, the 2020 and the um, 2021 uh, can, uh, auctions were, <laughs> I was rolling off my chair in 2020, let's put uh-huh. it like that. <laughs> and I had a friend listening to me on three-way, and she was <laughs> she couldn't help but stop laughing either. It was just too funny. <laughs> yep, Yeah. Yeah, like we do a get, war over bourbon balls. <laughs> we do get carried away, do we not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like the battle of the bourbon balls, the battle of this and that. It was funny. Oh, yeah, I've had some of those bourbon balls, and I don't understand why they're so popular. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was war. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No. For no, sure, no. And, you know, cookies that were going for like four hundred dollars, you know, for three thousand or so. Yeah, well, yeah. well, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I would pay quite that much for Brian's cookies, but I'd pay a fair <laughs> amount for him. He makes a mean cookie. He does. Well, and the Victor Stream that went for five. I can't remember if it was this past year or um, 2020, but the Victor Stream that went for five hundred dollars. I said. That price, somebody could have gotten themselves a track, <laughs> or or two. Yeah, it's a it's it, okay. it it is it is interesting. Um, but you know, I think what people decide, um, and and they're right, is you're not you're not really spending five hundred dollars for a Victor Reader stream. You're giving five hundred bucks to ACB, and happen to be right. getting a Victor Reader stream as well. Yes. And, and and I think that's the way most people kind of feel about the auction, oh, which is, oh, which yeah. is okay. Right. Yeah. And the Christmas one, the one, you know, before Christmas, mm-hmm. I know it goes to ACB Media, which um, a lot of us take advantage of. We do. And it's a good thing. Yes. Ms. Teresa, thank you so much for your call. We, we appreciate it. And you stay well in Little Rock. Okay. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up on Tuesday topics over the next little while. We, um, I, I'm not going to put put dates on this because I'm trying to firm a few things up, but I want to uh, alert people to the fact that one of my heroes is going to come on Tuesday topics. He's not a guy that many people uh, in ACB may know, but he's a guy whose name is Aubrey. Webson. And I uh, am looking forward to a chance to talk with this gentleman about what his life has been. So when you see that coming up, uh, make an effort to tune in. I think you'll find it highly enjoyable. Uh, In addition to that, uh, sometime within the next month, we're going to do a Tuesday topics uh, that will be a combination of two things. First, We're going to talk to members of the awards committee and to some of the folks who have received ACB awards in the past. And then later, we're going to talk about a new book that's been published by Peter Altschul, who's a part of the awards committee. So we're going to look forward to to seeing that happen sometime this month. And also, 
I continue to expect uh, that sometime pretty recently we're going to have folks like uh, like Jeff Bishop and the ACB boss of uh, ACB Media uh, come on and talk to us about what's going on with ACB Media and what some of the plans are in the future. Tuesday Topics is your program. You make it as good as it is. So all of us who produce Tuesday Topics thank all of you for making 2021 a great year for Tuesday Topics. Good night.